You know, when I started the group, it was not exclusively a new music mission. It was really more, more of an orchestra model mission. I wanted to try to recreate what I thought was the natural model for how orchestras worked and, and how orchestras were the driving force in producing the great 19th century repertoire, Beethoven symphonies, Brahms symphonies. Those models were flexible. And those were about the composer and the audience and the players. And I felt that the big institutions, symphony orchestras and opera companies, had gotten away from the recipe of uh, the, the event and, and into sort of this pattern of the subscription concert season, which I thought was ruining repertoire because it was causing too much influence uh, of what's most popular. So or orchestras were not uh, vehicles for experimentation or catalysts for intellectual conversation. It all started more like as an argument about how orchestras are formed, and new music was just a natural byproduct of what I thought orchestras sh should do to be culturally impactful. We're hearing from conductor and founder of the Boston Modern Orchestra Project, Gil Rose, talking about this incredible legacy, more than two decades worth of performances, recordings, commissions, championing the works of 20th century composers who aren't as well known today. It's absolutely an incredible legacy. And that's their recording of Lucas Foss, Symphony No. 4, the third movement, Scherzo Vivace, that we're hearing. Lucas Foss was a huge figure in his time, and he's a great example of the kind of composer that BMOP champions. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. I'm going to devote the whole hour today to the Boston Modern Orchestra Project and this more than two-decade legacy of championing composers like Lucas Foss, uh, Irving Fine, who we'll hear a little bit later in the program, these American composers from the 20th century who were big figures in their day but are not as well remembered now. And, it, and it's hard to believe sometimes, for example, that the symphonies of Lucas Foss had not all been recorded in one place before BMOP did it. Again, I really do feel this is a great service to American music that they're doing. But that's not all that BMOP does. They also are very active as a commissioning organization. We heard Gil talking about the importance of risk-taking at the orchestral level and how rare it is. It's an absolutely incredible legacy. So they're commissioning new music. They're championing old music by composers who are not so well-known these days. And they're also building trust with an audience through their concert series in Boston and through their recording label. They're reaching audiences throughout the world. All the recordings that come out by BMOP are on their own label, BMOP Sound. Uh, this is a label that they started in 2008, and it was one of the first things I asked Gil about when I chatted with him. A big part of our mission is preservation, and that's great to do a piece that you discovered from 1952 that was totally forgotten in a concert, but if you don't capture it, I felt it was penny-wise and dollar-foolish. But I was also just very interested in recording. I liked I liked. Uh, recordings <laughs> and always have and have thousands of them so, uh, you know one of those people so it was uh, a natural activity and what it helped us do I think is create a national identity for the orchestra as opposed to just a local one because we need a national constituency and so I there's many people who's, who support BMOP philanthropically who've never been to a concert or area it was creating a, a community outside of of that 
That's Gil Rose talking about the BMOP sound label. This is uh, such an important legacy, again, from the symphonies of Lucas Foss, things that nobody else would think to record. Some of these recordings now are the definitive recordings of these pieces because there are no other recordings. It's an incredible part of their legacy. But the other thing that BMOP does that really fascinates me, again, going back to that risk-taking idea, is they allow composers to work in large-scale form. And this piece by Peter Child, Shanti, fits perfectly into that mold. This is a large-scale work. I won't be able to play the whole thing. Here are the first four movements of Shanti by Peter Child. Gil Rose leads the Boston Modern Orchestra Project.
That's the first four movements of this piece, Shanti, by Peter Child, a commission by the Boston Modern Orchestra Project and a relatively new release on their BMOP sound label. This music is inspired by East Indian music, but you're not hearing a sitar, you're not hearing the things, a drone, for example, the kinds of things that we associate with East Indian music. It's important to keep in mind that what is inspiring the composer is more a kind of mathematical idea, a philosophical idea that runs through a lot of Indian music, especially in the tabla pattern. There are these numerical patterns in the tabla and that is what is inspiring the composer, these kinds of subsets, how how you organize the pitches numerically. So let's jump ahead. I'm going to play now the seventh movement of Shanti by Peter Childs. Here again is Gil Rose to lead the Boston Modern Orchestra Project.
That's Movement 7 of Shanti by Peter Child. This is a BMOP commission, and we're hearing the Boston Modern Orchestra Project led by Gil Rose. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. I'm devoting the whole show today to the legacy of the Boston Modern Orchestra Project and featuring a conversation with their conductor and founder, Gil Rose. To subscribe to our podcast... For streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, or if you'd like to get a complete playlist of the music that we featured on the program today, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. I think people are conditioned to have the feeling that music is not a narrative and that it's not temporal, but that it is designed to wash over them. And so they don't ever follow the music or try to follow the music. And so consequently, it's like a, like a, a cloud that passes by it was there and then it morphed and it was gone and if it's if it's dark and gives a cloud they don't like they if they have an immediate thing they don't they're not trained to think inside the narrative of music and how it goes from point a to point z and what that journey is about it's just about whether they like the sound world or not i think a lot of uh, difficult music well quote unquote difficult music uh, even modernist music can be really if you can get people to start to understand the narrative of how what the composer is trying to do then it's much more accessible to them because they're seeing it as a temporal experience instead of just a collection of sound that's an excerpt of my conversation with conductor and founder of the boston modern orchestra project gil rose we were talking in his office in malden massachusetts on a rainy saturday morning and another thing that i was curious to talk with him about was his recording process because again they put out a lot of releases every year and his method of working is is well it's somewhat unusual i do a strange thing which people when they first come across it are very wary of composers that i've worked with for the first time is I actually produce the sessions from the podium myself. Uh, I don't use a producer, per se. I have a a couple engineers I work with, mostly work with Joel Gordon, and we've got a kind of a system now. What I usually do is it's usually a team effort between me on the podium, the composer, who I utilize as as in the session, and the engineer and the engineer's assistant. But... um, I never do this. This makes people crazy and, and maybe even shock your listeners. I never keep a log. We once we've done the sound check, we just roll, and we never we never slate, which means uh, you know take one, take two. We don't do that. We just roll, and then uh, an assistant of mine goes back, takes the session and the score, and creates a spreadsheet. And so you could choose when you go to the, make do the next step in editing you where you choose what material you're going to use, like if I'm going to use take two for that section and take five for that section or whatever, you see on that spreadsheet everything that's available of any particular part of the music and where it starts in the take. So then I go through and I do. I make all the decisions about, okay, we're going to edit at that point. We're going to go from take two to take seven at, on that point and this and that. Uh, and then I deliver the score to the engineer and they usually put the first edit in themselves based on my notes and then then I'm there for the rest of it second edits third edits mixing yeah it's really time consuming 
That's Gil Rose talking about his somewhat unorthodox approach to recording. It was really fun to chat with him about that. I've always wondered how they put out so many releases a year, although it seems now after chatting with him that the answer is he's just willing to put in the time, which is, I guess, what I always suspected all along. Well, let's play another recording now from the BMOP Sound Archives. This is going to be Toccata Concertante by Irving Fine. And Irving Fine is a fascinating figure. He was a Boston native. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away rather suddenly when he was only 47 years old, but he already was a composer of great stature. He studied with Walter Piston, Nadia Boulanger, all the major figures of the day. And he was definitely a composer of great craft, a composer, unfortunately, who's not as well known as he should be today. And thus, he is a perfect composer for Boston Modern Orchestra Project to champion. The piece I want to play, Toccata Concertante, is actually his first orchestral work. It is a kind of a throwback, he says, to uh, the 16th and 17th century processionals. It's meant as a fanfare. It's loosely in sonata form. So it's in this older kind of model, and yet his handling of the orchestra, I think, is unique, is absolutely fantastic. This is a composer who was born to write for the orchestra, and boy, does BMOP show that off. Here they are, led by Gil Rose, to perform Toccata Concertante by Irving Fine. Thank you. 
Orchestra music by Irving Fine. The piece is called Toccata Concertante, and although the composer says it's a throwback to the 16th and 17th centuries, these kind of Baroque fanfare pieces, to me it sounds very 20th century, especially in the orchestration, the use of brass. Uh, they did not have this kind of brass back then. They couldn't have done the kinds of things that he's doing here. The sound he's getting from the orchestra is absolutely fantastic. This is a composer that, that uh, really writes well for the orchestra, and it's a tragedy that he passed away at the age of 47. Irving Fine is a composer that is championed by the Boston Modern Orchestra Project. This is a big part of their mission. And we heard BMOP performing there, led by Gil Rose. And Gil Rose is also my guest on the program today. I was able to catch up with him at the BMOP office. 
The last piece I want to play on the program today is by composer Paul Moravec, and I feel like this sort of hits both boxes at once. This is a BMOP commission. Again, commissioning new works is a big part of their legacy, as is risk-taking. But when you think about risk-taking for an orchestra, there's a lot of ways that that translates. I would say that, again, programming and recording music by composers who don't have a big name is taking a risk. As someone who's commissioned many pieces, I can tell you, even if you know the composer personally and you think you know their style, you never know what you're going to get <laughs> when you commission a piece. So I want to show off that aspect of Beam Up again. But also, I think Moravec is kind of a composer's composer. He's well-known in our circles, those of us who really know contemporary music, not so well-known necessarily to the general public. And so I feel like this is also checking that other box of Beam Up's mission of championing composers who aren't as well-known as they should be. So this is a large-scale work, again, another thing that Beam Up does, allow composers to work on a big canvas. I'm only going to play movements one, two, and five, but you'll get a sense of this piece. It's fantastic. Here are those movements by Paul Moravec. Gil Rose again leads the Boston Modern Orchestra Project.
And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan,
That's four movements. Movements one, two, and five of a piece called Blizzard Voices by composer Paul Moravec. I think it's a fantastic piece. When I was putting this program together and looking at the, my goodness, more than 60 recordings that BMOP has put out and thinking, how can I possibly do justice to the Boston Modern Orchestra Project in a one-hour program? Uh, the Moravec really reached out to me right away because, again, it checks a lot of boxes with, with the mission of BMOP, but also it's just a fantastic piece for the orchestra, and the orchestra sounds so fantastic in that recording, as they generally do. Again, all their recordings come out on the BMOP sound label. And we heard the Boston Modern Orchestra Project led there by Gil Rose. It was a great honor to have Gil on our program, too, as my guest. And if you want to hear the entire interview unedited, you can go to RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones has been produced by Sarah Zwinglis. Heather McDougall is the project manager, and the executive producer is Tony Macaluso. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous supporters of WFMT. I'm Seth Bostead from the WFMT Radio Network, Chicago.